0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference.
1: Hi there, friends. My name is Laura Pereno. I'm with Debbie Kiever today, and we just wanted to thank you for taking the time to join us on this week's episode of Beyond the Building. We've been talking about building as we are going through the month of June. We really were just... Uh, so um, grateful for our time with Nicole Tyson and all of the truth that she spoke into our lives about things that are going on in our world. You talk about building foundations and getting back to the truth of the gospel and living according to it. Um, we're just grateful for that. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, please go back and listen to last week's episode. But today we're talking about building legacy, and we are in the summer months now, and. I know we've all had maybe a little bit more time on our hands recently in the past year or so as, as COVID has changed some schedules, but the summer tends to be a a time when we rest and maybe we don't think about the word build, but the summer is almost also a beautiful time for us to be thinking about building things that are really important in life. And today we're going to talk about building legacy and what that means. Now, I was amazed when I uh, studied the word legacy, Deb. And I know that you probably will see this differently than me. But (laughs) did you know, and I'm sure you did, that legacy is actually a financial term?
0: Yes, I knew that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) I did not know that. In my mind, legacy was kind of our character traits or our qualities that we pass down to our kids. And we'll see, it does have a lot to do with that. But the reality is, it's it's um, it's a financial word. It's a word that means the amount of money that you leave in your will to somebody. Now, why does that go to building? Because when you think about the money that you would leave to somebody in a will, your money is something that through the years you have invested, you have worked for it, and then you work with it in order to build something to be passed on. And when you think about spiritual legacy, it's the same thing. If we're talking in financial terms about something that you work for, that you invest, you want it to grow so you can pass it on, it's the same thing. Spiritually, you know, we we build uh, ourselves up in, in the word spiritually and then we invest it and then we want to pass it on. So really today, our, our theme is spiritual legacy, and today we're going to be uh, giving practical ways to build legacy as we come to the end of our uh, episode today. So you know, stay connected, stay, stay all the way to the end because we have lots of good ideas on how to create legacy, how to build legacy in these summer months with your family.
0: Laura, there absolutely is a parallel, though, between financial legacy and spiritual legacy. My husband's a wealth manager, and he says you can tell a lot about what's important to a person by their calendar and by their checkbook. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just in terms of the children and our children's children beyond us they will understand a lot of our heart by where we do put our resources.
1: Absolutely, yes. I yes. find it
0: interesting, though, that Scripture doesn't use the word legacy. I mean, we're using that quite frequently right here in this podcast, but the Bible talks more about a heritage that you're passing on to your kids. And I'm just going to highlight a couple scriptures in Psalm 78, verse 4. It talks about that we're not going to hide the glorious deeds of the Lord, but we're going to keep telling them to our children and to the coming generations bragging about what God has done. Amen. In Joshua 4, uh, this is right before the Israelites are going to cross the Jordan River. God gives them specific instruction to the Israelites to pull stones out from the middle of the river so that one day when your children ask you, what's the scoop with these stones? You can tell them what God has done, what, what he had Amen. done as the Israelites passed the Jordan on dry ground. Amen. And then in Psalms 145 verse 4, one generation will commend your works one to the other. They'll declare your mighty acts. The script, God is so clear that he puts the pressure on each of us to be telling the next generation, what has God done in your life? Like, don't be quiet about it you want to be able to share those stories. I don't know about you, but I have, I know that I have done a lot of building and growing. Um, at 54, I know God has done a lot in the past, (laughs) but I'm so far from done. That's right. The day that we finally can say that we're a finished complete product, right? It's when we reach heaven. So it's a continual um, process of growing and, and growing ourselves and then speaking and investing in other people. It's one brick at a time, one attitude at a time. That's God right. tells us that we get to the place where, okay, you've arrived and now you can just relax the rest of your life.
1: That's right. Honestly, it's the same thing as the financial piece. Like we never stop investing our money for the future, knowing that there are days that we're going to need it. We never want to stop investing in our spiritual uh, legacy either, knowing that there are people coming behind us that are going to need it. As, uh, as you know, as they grow up into their place in life. Well, I love to look into uh, practices uh, of Jewish people or the Hebrew people in the Old Testament because I think it's just so amazing if we're looking at um, stories in the Old Testament or the New Testament. you know, we're talking about the Jewish people. Later on in life, I was amazed to find out that the Jewish people actually, um take the time to write an ethical will and this was a, a practice that was done for many many years you know i'm sure some people still do it but it's a document that individuals put together and it sounds super easy like it's a document that you put together that you want to pass on to few generation, future generations uh to tell them really what your ethical or spiritual legacy is that you want to pass on and that sounds like easy okay they just wrote a letter to their kids But if you've ever written a letter where you want to pour out your heart and maybe even this is the last thing that you're ever going to say, this is what's going to be read when you are no longer here, it's not such an easy task. You know, it's challenging to write when I was really studying about this ethical will that the Hebrew people uh, created. It's challenging to write because you have to go deep into your heart and see who who are you really Mm -hmm. and what are the things that you want to leave behind to your kids? What are the top 10, you know, or the top two? So it's a challenge to dig in. And sometimes when we dig into those places, you know, it's a little painful. Sometimes we have to kind of evaluate things. So it's challenging to read it. It was challenging for those who were receiving the ethical will to to read it and to listen to it because, man, it's revealing the heart of the one who is no longer with them. So it was actually a very challenging process. It's not an easy thing at all. So, when we think about building legacy, passing on spiritual legacy, this is not just something that we're flippant about. And that's why the summer is really a great idea to, you know, we have a lot of time to think, great time to be planning on something like this. Now, we always love to take it back to the Bible, and our greatest example for everything in life is Jesus Christ. And so, today we're going to look at how did Christ leave a legacy on earth? What intentional things did he do? What did his legacy look like um, as he walked this earth before he ascended back to his father?
0: I almost think a legacy, like with this written uh, ethical will that you're putting together, it's saying, what are, what's your mission statement? What are your, what's your vision? What's your core value? And any, anytime you create a mission statement, you don't just write the first thing that comes to mind because you realize this is going to set the trajectory of the way I live. Yep. And, and then when I put it out there, people are going to now hold me accountable to it. And how consistently have I lived according to what I've just written? Yep. But what Jesus uh, in the word, that was his, the way he lived was so intentional. Everything that he did, everything that he said was with the sole purpose that it was going to be an accurate representation of his father. And that, that molded the way that he lived. I, I think of, you know, the early church, Peter, he had a legacy that was directed more towards the Jewish people. And then you have all the books that were written by Paul, his focus was about the Gentiles. So you've got the books being written to the Jewish people, the Gentiles, and yet all of those books, all of these writers of the new Testament were impacted by the legacy of one person, Jesus Christ. The same thing applies to us. The way you're going to carry out your mission statement or your ethical will for your life, Laura, is going to look different than the way mine is going to be described and written. But both of us are being impacted by the same Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. It is amazing, isn't it? How Christ's legacy is so vast. And even the things that we look at his legacy and we can see how he poured into 12 people. um, It it extends to us today I just think we won't see the the true extent of that legacy until we get to eternity but I think one of the things that Christ did was he was really intentional about developing legacy really intentional about passing on that uh, heritage of faith of trust of oneness with the father that he wanted to instill in those that he was pouring into Now there's a couple of uh, words that come to my mind when I think about Christ's legacy and the things that he was passing on, you know, if he was writing that ethical will, I think there are three things that he would, he would include just by his walk and how he poured into people. Those three uh, words are faithfulness, kindness, and service. And I know that there are so many more, Deb. I mean, really, we could probably talk for hours about all of the things that Jesus poured into those people that he uh, instilled legacy in. But his faithfulness, his kindness, and his service just really stand out to me as we think about
0: this word. You know, those three words, I believe that God has poured into my life some folks who have poured faithfulness, kindness, and service into me. Some of them are still with me. They're still alive. But some of the ones that, uh, like, you know, that God just bring into my mind, they're actually gone mm-hmm. and yet they continue to have an impact. See what you do matters. The way yep. you treat people, the message yep. that your life is sending, it goes beyond your own grave, yep. you That's know, right. as you're pouring into somebody, I mean, Jesus modeled that in an amazing way. He had 12 men. He poured into them for three years. And not only were the crowds impacted by, you know, the message of faithfulness, kindness and service, but these 12 men were directly impacted by what Jesus said. Now, that being said, everybody's going, well, what about Judas? You know, why are you saying 12 men were impacted? You know, God pours into us. What we do with it is our choice. That's right.
1: That's right. And so Judas
0: is an example. I mean, he spent the same three years as the other disciples, and yet his choice The way he stewarded what God had given him was he wasted it. Absolutely. And and, and that happens today, unfortunately, right? People are pouring into uh, even Christians who then walk away.
1: Yep. It's amazing, isn't it? Because you can think about the same thing with a a will, financial will, that everybody gets the same amount in a family and everybody gets to decide what they're going to do with that money. You can squander it or you can uh, invest it or you can use it for the good. Debbie, one of the things that I love about the first uh, character trait that we see Christ pouring into his 12 and us, you know, is that is that concept of being faithful. And you and I say this all of the time. And I just I love this passage saying that, uh, you know, Christ always did what the father told him to do. He was always faithful to the father, always faithful to the father's will. And and we can see that in big things. And our prayer is that in big things, we are also faithful to the father's will. You know, we see Jesus going to the cross, uh, an act of obedience, submission to the Father. That is a huge thing, and we're so grateful that he was faithful in the big. But I love about Jesus the fact that he was also faithful in the small. And really, nothing we do for Christ is small, but really in the eyes of, of what we may think is small versus big, you know, Jesus went out of his way to to touch and bless the least of these if the father told him to go to the least of these he went to the least of these uh jesus was there in those quiet moments he went off to pray by himself not to be seen by other people but he was faithful to the father in the little things i know that um man that there's a a song right now by maverick city and elevation worship that's so
0: uh, popular and
1: awesome right it's that it's that one that talks about it says talking to jesus and Mm -hmm. and it talks about this grandmother who would pray out loud by her bed and Talk about somebody who was faithful and passed on a legacy because the last verse of that song is the fact that the the young boy who watched this for all this time and thought, oh, brother, what's she, what's she talking about? Who's she talking to? She's probably talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But now he's the one talking to Jesus, right? And that's so many of our stories. My grandmother, you know, prayed for me and now I'm praying for my grandbaby. Jesus was faithful in the big things and the little things. And that's the legacy that faith that he left. And we want to leave as well. He, he's so faithful. I want to know I want my daughter and my granddaughter to say she was a woman who was faithful to God in the big and in the little.
0: I think being faithful in the little says a lot about your integrity mm-hmm. because a lot of times people don't see the little things. They only see the big things. That's right. That's and right. So what are you doing? How are you living when nobody is watching? That's right. Um, Jesus lived consistently, whether he was alone or in front of thousands. Same message, right? Same, same uh, points that he wanted to get across. He did another thing too, in a large way and as well as in a small way. And that was his kindness to people. Um, I I love this notion that the Lord says it's his kindness Mm. that leads us to repentance. Yes. We think about um, the story of of each one of us. What was it that brought you to a relationship with Christ or back to a relationship with Christ? It was the fact that he's kind towards you. It doesn't mean he excuses your sin. It doesn't mean that he gives you a, you know, a pass that you're okay Uh, We don't have to talk about your sin, but it means he's kind in the way he speaks to you in the way he treats you. And Jesus's kindness was shown in these fantastic miracles that people didn't deserve, but they, his kindness was also evident in the way that he would stop for one person and meet their need. Even if it seemed like something small, he would pay his eyes were on them present in that moment. And, and and in, in doing that, His life was just consistently kind. Now, now that's a challenge for us because you might feel like some days I feel like being kind. Some days I don't. There are certain people I have no trouble being kind to. Mm. And then there are those Mm. that it takes every bit of, you know, like a sheer will to be kind to somebody. And yet Jesus, the more we surrender to him, his spirit in us produces a fruit of yes. being kind yes. where we can be consistently kind throughout the day that's and you right. know what our children and their children's children are watching that's right they are, are do you want to be known as somebody who's kind or somebody who is tough to please yeah you know where people need to be on edge when they're around us and yep. I'll tell you what it's a domino effect you're around somebody who's kind it inspires you to be kind which is it's like it just that's it right. transfers from one right. to the next and so why don't we focus on the next generation watching us be kind, you're going to find them naturally start to respond in the same way. And Jesus, his kindness was not just towards those that he liked. Well, first of all, he loved everybody, Right. but let's put it this way. His kindness wasn't reserved for those who liked him. There you go. I think of the way he was kind to Judas and to those that were nailing him on the cross, his kindness, it it had no boundaries. It went right across the board. regardless of somebody's thoughts towards him
1: that's right isn't that amazing and how about uh, stories like the woman who was caught in adultery deb you know here's a, a woman that nobody was being kind to and yet he steps in and he he forgives her and he doesn't condemn her he is kind toward her and what a difference that made in her life because one person showed an act of kindness to her in her broken place i mean Christ's legacy lived on through her,
0: I'm sure, after that. I mean, it was the way he spoke to her. Mm-hmm. He wasn't harsh. He wasn't condemning. So that kindness that leads you to repentance, It we have to really think about what are the words that we're using. Mm-hmm. If it all sounds like uh, an accusation or a finger pointing, that's not kind. That's if right. your tone of voice is harsh, kind of short, loud, angry sounding, that's not kind. And the yep. as much as you may think... I'm putting them in their place. I'm going to tell yep. them what they need to hear. Yep. Anytime you're, it's coming across that way, it's going to backfire on you. Yes. I mean, if someone talks that way to me, I'm going to step back and the windows are going up in front of my face. Yes, so I, yes, you know, yes. Back yes. off. That's yep. not the way Jesus responded.
1: That's right. It's amazing. And the third thing that uh, we see in Christ's life that he would pass on is service. You know, Christ's life was uh, was just a huge act of service, and yet so many small act of ser- acts of service really made up that life of serving. If we want to pick, leave a legacy of serving like Christ did, we're going to have to do what Christ did, right? Yeah. And he went out, and even on the night before he was going to have his his you know worst experience ever of of the cross, he chose to not just act like a servant, like he he literally used the towel that a servant would use. And he, he washed the feet of his disciples, which was a servant's job. And so he stepped in and if we're going to leave a service legacy to those around us, we have to start picking up some towels and washing feet. Acts of service get noticed, but it's not about people noticing that we're doing something or we're serving. It's about God getting the glory because somebody is doing something different.
0: Yes. Different
1: as they follow Jesus. You know, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, there's so, so much conformity in the world these days. Everybody wants to be like everybody else. And unfortunately, what you were just talking about with that kindness, unfortunately, there is a contagious aspect to being unkind. And when you want to be like everybody else, you can end up in a place where your words are unkind, your actions are unkind. What a difference and how refreshing it is when somebody steps in and picks up a towel and starts washing some feet as an act of kind service, we can put those two things together. I don't know. Um, Can you imagine, Deb, I I know that you and I both have towels from uh, getting uh, credentialed with the Assemblies of God, and they say, um, you know, serve on them. They say that we're called to serve, and maybe you and I need to take those towels and put them (laughs) in our will, you know? (laughs) Like as as a spiritual or ethical will, kind of to our kids, here's my towel, now you go wash some feet.
0: You, can you imagine at the end of our lives, our kids looking at this towel that says called to serve and they're like, wow, I didn't see my mom serve at all. Oh no. It's like that. It's a contradiction. <laughs> That's
1: not good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, you know, I think back to the ways Jesus served were so unconventional. They were with the people groups that were not popular in their day and how many times in, in our present day, does the Holy Spirit prompt you to do something to spend time with people or to give in a way that really doesn't feel natural to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, well, somebody else should, you know, focus on that person. And I really don't want to, and it's yet, that's where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And so here we are in 2021, I'm thinking back over this past, you know, year and a half we had the opportunity to spend a whole lot of time with people in our lives because we were kind of stuck at home with each other. And we had to really take a look at what are we doing with that time with them in the house? I think a whole lot of people spent time on screens in different parts of the parts of your home. Um, and that carries on now that we're allowed to get Mm. out and about a little bit more. The faces are still in the screen.
1: Yes, Not, yes. Laura, I
0: am laughing because I am looking at you on a screen. So, you know, as we record <laughs> this podcast here, we are doing the same thing. But I think back to my life and what, who were some of the people that left the biggest investment, mm. investment in my life spiritually? Mm. What, what was it that they did? And I, It goes back to time.
1: Yeah, they, totally. they
0: initiated it. They, they followed up, they made sure it happened. And when we were together, I felt like they were, they were present Like they were with me and they wanted to be with me. They were enjoying being with me. And I think that is a way to invest in somebody. And then as they began to share about spiritual things with me, I was so open to hear from them because I was feeling loved. I was feeling invaluable to them. And when Mm -hmm. you allow someone to feel that way by just focusing your time on them they are much more open to hear about the things of God that you want to share with them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, amen. So I guess the question is, how can we invest our time differently this summer based on those three things that Jesus did, right? So if if Jesus's legacy, part of it was faithfulness, kindness, and service, how can we invest our time in faithfulness? How can we invest our time in kindness? And how can we invest our time serving? And it's these are the investments that we're making so that our, legacy increases so that we have something to pass down to the next
0: generation. You might say, you might look at, you know, maybe your life before this and go, man, I wasted a lot of time. Well, here's the good news. The moment right now, This it's, it's a word in Greek, it's called a kairos moment. It's this moment right now. And the ones coming forward, you have the opportunity to do it differently. Amen. You know, if you have regrets from the wasted time in the past, I would encourage you not to waste this moment and the next few moments fussing over what you just wasted the last year. Yeah. Let's put that behind us and let's be intentional about how we move forward.
1: Yep. That's right. So i love that that people invest time or we need to invest time into people in order to build a spiritual legacy i think another thing we need to invest in people is the the truth right jesus always spoke the truth and uh, we got to look at how we speak not that we intentionally go out and speak things that are untrue but we are are we intentionally sowing words of spiritual truth into the hearts and lives of those around us You know, I can't help but uh, think of the word legacy and think about my grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago on Christmas day, which honestly just seemed so appropriate that he would, um, pass on a Christmas day. You know, he just loved Jesus with everything that he was and, um, the legacy that he left to me first to know his, his story is just amazing. And the way that he found Jesus, he was older in life. He already had a wife and children and, and to make this huge transition at that time in life and start bringing his family to church. He didn't just live it. He didn't just go to church. He spoke it all the time. And every time I would visit him, he would take me to Dunkin Donuts. And this is one of my favorite stories about him. I just remember when I was a little, little girl being in line with him at Dunkin Donuts. And while he definitely talked to me a lot, um, he was usually talking to the people in front of us or behind us and as i got older as i was a teenager you know and i'm looking for what kind of donut i want i noticed I, w- I still have pictures in my mind at that time he's a little bit older and he's still talking to the people in front of us and behind us and when i got into my 40s and even in my early 50s the last time that i had visited him for a vacation uh, just by myself i went down for a weekend and we went to dunkin donuts and he was speaking to the people behind us and in front of us and it, i heard what he was talking about and he was telling them about Jesus. And it was at that moment that I, it clicked. That was the same conversation that I have heard at this Dunkin' Donuts every time that I stood with my grandfather in this line and he talked to people in front of him and behind him. I just was too paying too much attention to the donuts in the past. But you know, when that conversation came up, he, he sowed truth into people's lives about the gospel. When he was ordering a donut, when he was in church, when he was teaching Sunday school, when he was mowing the church uh, yard, whatever he was doing, he was investing truth into people and that's a legacy that i want to take from him and pass down to my my daughter and my granddaughter because i want to be that woman at dunkin donuts speaking to people and telling them about the truth of jesus um so you know we want to create legacy with our kids this summer with our family whatever it looks like our friends let's speak truth let's let's tell people about the love and the gospel of jesus and how they can speak truth too you know and live it out it's
0: amazing So we're investing time, we're investing truth. And there's one more we'll talk about. It's investing uh, an ability to touch lives. How can you make an impact and touch lives? And I'll use an example of something that my dad started, I don't even know how many years ago. It's at least 10 years ago. Our family um, does not live in the same state. Uh, My sister is up in Maine and I only get to see her like twice a year. So it's very easy to lose touch with each other when you don't live in the same place. I mean, you're experiencing that, right? Mm, Because you don't live close to your family. So there's gotta be some intentionality to the way you reach out to connect with each other and being far apart and putting a quarantine in place makes that much, much harder. So my dad began to, years ago, he sends out a weekly email to every person in our family um, in the, these three generation levels, my parents, my siblings, my sister and husband, and then to all the eight, uh, all, all the four grandchildren, uh, actually it's increased now that we have a daughter in the Lord. So the, the email comes out and my dad will send an encouraging scripture or some kind of quote that's thought provoking. And then your turnaround is you give my dad specific things for that week that you are thanking God for. Answers to prayer and then specific things that you are asking God to move in your life in the week that's coming ahead. And then we print them out and we pray for each other um, all, like every week. And what has been the outcome of that is I'm so much more connected with what the the weekly um, events are going on in mm. my sister's family, my nephews, you know, my daughter in the Lord in, in Texas, her family that my dad has to plan to do that. Now, does everybody respond all the time? No. And I yeah. know that's frustrated for him, but in the land of email, some people can yeah. be, you know, struggling over right. a wave of a lot of the emails, right. but my kids, um, and my, my nephews have all commented in family gatherings that those emails make a difference, especially mm-hmm. to that generation that my granddad, Is praying and he is on purpose helping us to stay connected to one another. That is a legacy that when my, my father is no longer here, I can, I can feel that torch being passed
1: Amen. because
0: I see the fruit in that. I mean, if you're not praying for each other, you're not going to see answers. And if you don't tell each other how you're praying, then you don't get the feedback of answers to prayer. That has made an impact in my life. And I'm going to continue that on. Um, after my dad is no longer with us.
1: Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, those are three really key important things that we can use in order to, um, you know, carry and create legacy. But there's a story in the Bible that I just, uh, I'm amazed by Deb. And, uh, sometimes we have this idea idea of what it's going to look like and we might pour into all of these things that we're talking about here and in order to create legacy you know we want to do it a certain way because we want a certain end result but i love the fact that god is so sovereign over everything you know in the book of jeremiah jeremiah is a prophet he spoke the word of the lord and god specifically told him he was not to marry he was not to have children he was not to have a family and he was to devote his life to speaking the word of the Lord. But if you read the book of Jeremiah and you know the history of the Old Testament, nobody listened to what Jeremiah said. Okay, so now let's think about, what did we talk about, time, right? He's investing time, he's speaking truth. All of these things that we just talked about, he's he's touching because he's doing what God's called him to do, but nobody is listening to the truth. I would have to think if that was me, I would be thinking, well, what kind of legacy am I leaving? The people that I might pour a legacy into because they're family, I don't have anybody like that. And now the people that I'm speaking truth into, nobody is listening. He could have looked at his legacy and thought, this is a failure, I have nothing to pass on. I mean, can you imagine how frustrating that could have been, you know? God, why did you put me here? What kind of legacy is this? What kind of legacy am I passing on? And yet, we understand that Jeremiah's legacy of faithfulness, kindness, service, like Jesus, right? It was written down in the best-selling book of all time. He wasn't really seeking an earthly legacy like we think about or like we're talking about. He knew that legacy was spiritual, and that spiritual legacy is what it's all about. Sometimes we invest these things and we don't see them going anywhere. And it can be frustrating, right, when we're not seeing the fruit, when we're not seeing the truth that we're speaking into our kids' lives, lived out in our kids' lives. Jeremiah never saw it either. But he had no idea that we would see his legacy of faithfulness. God is always faithful to do what he says. He tells us what to do how to live how to follow jesus and then he is going to build that legacy in the way that he wants to build that legacy so while we take this summer and we're talking about building and we want to invest time and touch and truth into the people that we love so we can pass down something that is you know a, a worthy investment a, a costly investment a precious investment We have to trust God with what he does with that investment, you know, that he's going to bring the fruit to pass. Jeremiah's story honestly just builds my faith, Debbie. Mm
0: -hmm, For sure.
1: You know, I am building legacy and I trust God that he is going to fulfill and see that legacy play out in the way that he has purposed for it to go even if I don't get to see it with my eyes. I That's so trust. encouraging.
0: I think of my own life and some of the, the folks I referred to that poured into my life. They did not live to see me become an adult. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so
0: probably looking at the middle school or high school or college me, they were probably shaking their heads and, and rubbing their shoulders going, yeah. that was a lot of work. For, yeah. What? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. For yeah. what? Yeah. For what? And so I'm just grateful. You know, I'm, when I get to heaven one day, I want to, Hold them by the shoulders and say thank you. That's right. Thank That's you for right. the seeds you planted that you didn't give up. That's right. That's you know, right. I really Amen. needed that. Well, this summer of this June podcast series on building building foundations, um, building legacy. It's setting the stage for next week's podcast. We're talking about how to build memories, creating significant moments, and again, it's going to be about being very intentional, working with what you have to make the most impact in the lives of those around you, in particular, the generations that follow you. That's so are right. I've had a fun time with you today, Laura, sharing about this um, building a legacy, and I hope our listeners have enjoyed this. If you have been blessed and encouraged by this podcast, uh, we encourage you to share this among your friends. You know, really, let's hit the summer well, let's hit it hard. Um, And really be proactive on not wasting the time that God has given us. If you'd like to reach out for prayer or encouragement, you can reach uh, Laura and I at at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So as we wrap up today's episode of Building Legacy, thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate you guys. We love you and we pray regularly for you. God bless you guys